Blog Talk Radio. Know that someone's loving you 
No matter how you say it, it only matters what you do. Each day, please take the time to tell someone that I love you. Terrestrial activity on Earth. We are the men in black. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. It's awesome, baby! What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? This is Coach Kyrie, and you are now rocking with the best. Thank you for joining me tonight on Coach K Radio. I appreciate it. Every second and fourth Tuesday of the month, we do some tometry radio, some tometry night. We turn the whole thing over to health and wellness. Whole thing is all about health, wellness, food science, um, cell nourishment, root cause therapeutics. And if you've never heard of symptometry, that's because it is the Best health care you've never heard of, right? And it's based in Chicago, all right? And I know you. It, it's suitable for vegetarians, too, even though you can consume meat that is safe for you. You can consume meat that is safe for you. So if you're thinking that all oh, meat is bad for me, oh, and I only i am so attached to this fleshly meat body that you have, then, hey, this may not be for you, but... I'm sure that if you're tuned in to Zoom in right now, it's for a reason. So tonight we're going to talk about the real origins and other things you might not know about Ebola. All right. Um, first off, let me give you some websites to visit. Symptometry.com. S-Y-M-P-T-O-M-E-T-R-Y. Symptometry.com. Write that down. Anytime you come to this show, or you're watching us on YouTube because we are double broadcasting tonight, you need a piece of paper and write down the topic at the top of the page. You should just get a a big 100-page notebook, and let's see how fast we can go through it because I have shows on 
uh, Tuesday night. I have a show on Monday night, uh, The Cosmic Love Trip. I did a special show on Monday. Peace uh, goes out to the spirit of Michael Brown out in St. Louis. We send out our prayers and our condolences to his family uh, for him. This shouts out to him. You can go to CoachKRadio.com to catch, catch that show, uh, what we talked about, Justice for uh, Michael Brown, but it wasn't your ordinary show, and we definitely were not condoning any violence or looting at all, okay? His family and his spirit needs nurturing right now and care. And if you are on Facebook and you're a friend of mine on Facebook, or if you're not, you can go to Kyir Love, K-H-A-Y-R, Love on Facebook, and I have something that I created for Michael Brown that you can just print out on glossy paper or photo paper and put it on your altar for him, okay? And the instructions are on there. If you participate in altar work, everyone I thought had an altar. I know everyone needs to have an altar. Just like you were in church. Or if you go to church, if you don't have an altar, go to church and put his picture on the altar for his for, for Michael Brown and for his family. Um, I also have a show on Wednesday nights at 10 o'clock, uh, manleadsradio.info, manleadsradio.info, where it's a show designed after a book called Man Leads, Woman Follows, Everyone Wins. Don't get mad till you get the book, and then you won't be mad. And we discuss with the author of the book, facets of successful relationships all around the world um, with the author of the book, Ro Cutno. So manleadsradio.info is on Wednesday nights. You can go to that link right now and catch last week's show. It's still up. And then tomorrow when you follow that link, it'll take you directly to the show at 10. So we got a full slate of things, and now we're broadcasting on YouTube. So you can watch us. Pay attention. Bow. Look at us on your phone, your tablet, and all of that. And you can also easily get the word out to friends so they can be able to um, tune in to the wisdom that we are trying to share and impart. All right. Did I do how to cover all that? Yeah. Other big things are coming. Uh, I still got to do a show about the super moon, the full moon this weekend. Um, big shouts out and our condolences go out to Robin Williams and his family as he made his transition this weekend as well. Big shouts out to everyone who made a transition or you lost somebody this weekend. We honor you and honor your family and honor your spirit. Follow the light. Follow the light. Follow the light. Follow the light. All right. Um, get ready to get this show started about Ebola. And being as I stay in Atlanta, where the headquarters for the Center of Disease Control is located when I saw, well, I don't have a TV, but when I started seeing it on my news feed on my social media outlets, that's my television, um, I saw that people in Atlanta were like going crazy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What, what are we doing? What are you talking about? Why are you bringing it here? What are you doing? And it was, it was just a lot going on. So it's not... Um, it's not about the fear factor, and that's a re what reason. One that's the main reason why we're doing the show tonight is to offer people a very concise 
definition of what's really going on and give them something and tools that they can use, all right? Um, and especially when you, like, start getting into the whole fear aspect, you really are kind of, like, in trouble early on, right? Um, because it's very important that you understand what you're doing to yourselves when you go into this go into this whole fear type mindset a lot of stress like immediately immediately is put on your cells and that starts to break down immune system it starts to break down oh man it just puts a lot of undue tension on different areas in your life that you don't need to be participating in. And so that's why we are doing this show tonight to get the word out about Ebola and letting you know, like, a lot of people kind of get distracted because of what happened this weekend in St. Louis, but I wanted to do this show two weeks ago, and so I was like, um, I got to do it tonight. Because Dr. Nardi's been traveling, and a lot of things been going on, but we're going to get this thing going. And I'm just very happy that so many of you could um, join us. I am multitasking a little bit, too. And I'm about to bring on my first panelist tonight. Um, and right after I read something I want to share with you all, I want to read this right now. Um, the day that this whole Ebola scare came out, Dr. Charlie Abbott of Symptometry of North Carolina dot org and the American School of Symptometry dot org posted a 2011, three years ago, he posted this from Dr. Maxwell Narty. And I'm going to share my screen here so people can read along with me if you're on um, if you're on YouTube. All right. So read with me. Below is a lecture, a lecture by Dr. Maxwell Nardi. He is the founder of Symptometry and the American School of Symptometry. This lecture is to set the record straight about the Ebola virus outbreak. The explanation is not anywhere on the Internet. However, this is verifiable science and symptometry is all about facts. These discoveries are not taught in medical schools. Therefore, physicians or non-Western trained physicians are unaware of the totality of these facts. All aboard. Little known facts about Ebola. Oops, just want to make the screen a little bigger. Dr. Maxwell Nardi. DSYN, Professor of Symptometry, American School of Symptometry. The Ebola virus. The Ebola virus is a very selective forest virus. It only targets individuals who have its growth factors. These factors include lots of sugars, saturated fats, hydrocyanic acid, absence of or low level of cobalt, thiamine, and vitamin C in the tissues, and very alkaline blood. That's below 7. 
Ironically, it is these growth factors that will make it to its toxin very virulent. Ice cream and sodas have lots of sugars. Nuts have hydrocyanic acid and saturated fats. Chocolates, M&Ms, and ice creams have saturated fat, strong sugars, and ammonium hydroxide. Ammonium hydroxide makes blood very alkaline. And we all know that the blood level, the pH of blood is 7.39999. So it's not alkaline, nor is it acidic. It's neutral. Ebola, it does not target pygmies, bushmen, or other indigenous forest dwellers in the Amazon forest in Papua New Guinea, etc. It does not, not also target primates and forest animals because these forest dwellers do not drink soda, alcohols, etc. Additionally, additionally, they have much more muscle than saturated fat. Humans, especially those who live in the rural areas close to the forest and have the Ebola growth factors, will become perfect Ebola targets. Doctors and nurses who treat Ebola victims must make sure their blood is not too alkaline. They do not eat ice cream, nuts, pork, and chocolate products, and they do not drink sodas and alcohol, which I'm absolutely sure that the cat that they brought here to um, Atlanta, I'm sure he was eating one of those, if not more, because most doctors like some ice cream and some cashews and some chocolate and think there's nothing wrong with a little bit of it. And I know he was drinking some type of soda, and he might like a glass of wine, but you can't do that when you're treating an Ebola patient, all right? Also, they, ha they must have a high level of cobalt, thiamine, and vitamin C in their tissue. If they do not fulfill these requirements, they could fall victim to Ebola, Methods of transmission. Ebola gets into a person through the nose and through the mouth. However, it will not infect the host unless he or she has his growth factors. A doctor, a nurse, or a health care worker who has his growth factors will increase their chances of infection. Pygmies, gorillas, etc. drink contaminated water all the time, but Ebola does not infect them because they do not have the growth factors. Symptoms of Ebola. Ebola symptoms of Ebola vary, vary from victim to victim. However, the common symptoms of Ebola infection are sore throat, followed by very dry throat, fever, dry and tickling cough that releases the virus into the air. This is why Ebola victims are quarantined. Dehydration causing severe thirst and skin rash, indigestion causing stomach cramps and pains, loss of appetite, diarrhea in some, dysentery in others. All Ebola victims are quarantined so that their body fluids and waste are not emptied into a stream or into a river, thus increasing the possibility of infecting others. Nausea, vomiting, vomit from an Ebola victim must be properly uh, disposed of and all equipment that are used in the Ebola facility must be sterilized. Uh, severe headaches. Ah. <laughs> okay. Severe headaches. My apologies. My page went away sooner than I wanted. Severe headaches, weakness or exhaustion. In order to survive an Ebola attack, symptometry recommends, recommends that the victim should be dewormed without delay so that the virus no longer has a staging area, a sanctuary or a macrophage in their body. Also, foods that are high in sugar, citric acid, which includes oranges, pears, raw apples, and grapefruits, 
cyanide, oxalic acid, hydrocyanic acid, and saturated fat should be avoided. Cobalt, vitamin C, and thiamine should be taken daily. A person who has gyateuris, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, before he or she was infected by Ebola will die quickly. I'm going to look that word up too um, on the show. This is because the protozoan called gyardia causes symptoms similar to those of Ebola. It is a blood test that will differentiate Ebola from gyardiasis. In order to prevent Ebola outbreaks in the future, all the carcasses in the forest will have to be buried or burned. It is unburied and unburned flesh that gives spontaneous existence to DNA and RNA viruses. Ebola should never be a mysterious virus. Just avoid its growth factors. Copyright Symptometry 2011. All rights ah, reserved. No part of this publication shall be reproduced, photocopied, or copied and pasted without the written permission of Symptometry Headquarters, Westchester, Illinois, United States. Yeah. A round of applause. All righty. Without further ado, I have to bring in the brother, the friend, the husband, the scientist, the doctor of symptometry himself who posted this. He didn't write it, but he posted it. And so I'm going to bring him in first. Please put your hands together for Dr. Charlie Abbott. It's awesome, baby. Dr. Abbott, how you doing this after this evening? Uh, it's a wonderful day, Coach. Wonderful day. Glad to be here. And hello to the everyone out there in the listening audience. Feeling just Absolutely. fine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what was going through your mind? when you heard the Ebola uh, news about, you know, the the doctor being brought to Atlanta and, you know, it seemed like there was a scare movement going on um, across the news and people started being nervous. And how were you able to get your hands on such important information so quickly? Well, you know, that information... And first of all, let me just let you know what was happening. I had been getting uh, text messages, phone calls from people who are subjects or have been subjects of symptometry who are traveling to foreign countries or even traveling here in the United States about, you know, going on an airplane and if someone has Ebola, can they can they contract the virus? You know, is their immune, immune system strong enough? So I, I had already been aware of that, and but when it hit the airways, it seems like it just amped up, you know, a hundred times. And you know, in the American School of Symptometry, this is information that is is being taught each you know each semester. And what you know, it's it's really no different than any other virus, whether it's E. coli herpes, or, or whatever, these viruses, they need a growth factor. They need something to bring something to them because viruses, they can't get around and walk around like you and I can. So when <laughs> I hear people, so you know, something has to blow them 
in your face, up your nose, on your food or something, and then you still have to have have a, a, a growth factor, something that they can use to grow and proliferate. Then once that happens, you remember that movie, um, what was it, uh, the, um, the Matrix? You remember how they had all those those things that they 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 uh, when they injected that bug inside of a Neo's uh, abdomen? Yes. That's exactly how viruses <laughs> proliferate. You know, once they find the host, man, they just inject them everything that they need inside inside, and then they assemble themselves inside and with the cuspid and all their different types of all all the different the things of their anatomy that they have and the different acids and 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 you know things that 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 they're made out of and then they just continue to grow and grow and grow and grow so what um so what I find is that you know this this is in this centometry archives and one uh, one morning, uh, Doctor Nardi and I were, were talking, and he says, "You know, what about that uh, uh, Ebola document?" And I said, "Oh yeah." And so we were we were talking, and 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 so then I was like, I, I asked for uh, permission to put a a an article, you know, a school document on the um, on the internet since it was copyrighted on Facebook because you know Facebook and the internet in general is, is a place of, of thieves. So my so you know my concern is that how many people out here now gotta be Ebola experts. But you know that's why I, I made the little I made the reference to you won't find this on the internet. And if it is then you it was heard from symptometry, especially the way that it is written. And so my whole idea was that I wanted to just put that the scare to rest for the information that is out there. And of course, you know, the major airways, the major media uh, companies, they can reach a vast majority of people. However, we do have a place on the internet that will Facebook, symptometry.com, Coach Kair. There is a presence that we have, and so the people that we care about, that we love, that listen to us, will at least understand that there's a certain lifestyle that allows someone to be affected by Ebola. Mm. You know, the the, the Ebola, you you have to live a certain kind of way for it to to come to you. It's like anything else. Mm. I mean... We live a certain kind of way, and the way that we live, we don't attract certain things to us. But if we have a certain type of energy or a certain type of, we, we exhibit a certain type of behavior, then life will find us and same thing. And, and therefore, there are many people who have been around Ebola that don't, don't get Ebola. But then there's someone who can come along who's never been exposed to it but has a lifestyle that Ebola can, can benefit from based on their, their biochemical makeup, and voila, there it is. You voila. Know, that's it. And so that has been um, 
that was the reason why, why you know why I, I I posted it. And you know it's a it's a strange looking virus. It, it, to me, it kind of looks like a light bulb, <laughs> but you know the shape of it. But uh, mm. but those are things that you can only see under you know an electron microscope. But but you could de- but it definitely has a shape. All viruses do. You know they have a certain characteristic. And 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 looking at you know Neo and and the Matrix, you can see exactly how Hollywood uses sci- you know science you know scientific facts or sci- you know the the pictures or the images from the mic- microbial world and using the special effects you know so so many of these uh, you know horror movies or you know, grotesque-looking things that we see in commercials and stuff are actually pictures of the microbial world with eyes and a mouth. You know, of course. Wow, you make a you make a really good point there. I'm pulling up the picture now, and I'm sharing it on my screen on YouTube. And uh, right, some of them look like the and sign. You know how like when you write and. Up at the mm-hmm. top of it, it looks like the and sign, like somebody's trying to tie a slip knot right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they, they have some very interesting shapes. I, I see that right now. Definitely, definitely. Well, uh, we can't do the show alone. I definitely I want to bring on another one of our um, esteemed guests tonight uh, hanging out with us as usual. From from uh, from her sacred spot, y'all please put y'all hands together for Dr. Elizabeth Weiner. It's awesome, baby. Good evening, Dr. Weiner. Thanks for joining us tonight. How you feeling? I'm good, Coach. Sounds like you are, Dr. Adams. Oh. Hello. Oh, absolutely. I'm feeling I'm oh, feeling marvelous. Yeah. I'm feeling marvelous yeah. tonight. Really excited about the show. Excited to be back in the saddle. We had a five-week month last month, so uh, you know now we're back, now we're uh, getting back into. Um, no, we're still in all. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever it was, we had a, we had a long break since our last show, so I'm just I'm just happy to be back in it. So, Doctor Weinick, you've heard me sit in and run my mouth a little bit during the introduction. Um, tell me your thoughts and any experiences that you may have had with um, Ebola and what was the feel that you were having as a scientist, really as a symptometrist and a scientist, um, when you heard, like, the scare, quote-unquote, the scare. Did your phone start ringing? Did you have any patients start calling you um, that were worried? I didn't have any text messages or phone calls, but I can I can tell you as a, a medical doctor and going through various different aspects of that, whether it was in residency or uh, actual practice, there has has never been any discussion about why a person would contract any kind of virus and it was pretty common knowledge that just like you were saying not everybody gets a bowl of virus not everybody who's living 
near a forest or even in a forest gets Ebola virus. And so for Symptometry to have gone through the uh, the research and the, and the understanding, it's it's really um, I don't know. Amazing is not even the right word for it. When when there is an understanding of why this happens, and a path is shown to someone to to prevent it from happening. Uh, I guess the more amazing thing to me is that when a person finds out about this, that there still isn't the action plan for how how it's going to change how it's going to change their life, because the vaccines and the vaccine cure, because that's also in the news lately, that this new Ebola vaccine is going to be released now for 2016, I believe. And this doctor who came from Africa and the nurse who came from Africa in quarantine at, at I think it's Emory University, I'm not mistaken, in Atlanta, um, have gotten some sort of special treatment. So, so the discoveries of symptometry are sort of clouded in the same old paradigm that we're just waiting for a vaccine to be discovered to save us when the truth is that the vaccine doesn't offer any long-term benefits. It will promote an immune response, but that, that doesn't mean the person is, has their own long-term immunity uh, to Ebola or any other virus for that matter. So yeah, I guess the more amazing thing is that that even with this knowledge, people aren't <clears throat> stepping up and and doing it. Perhaps because well, how many people in the U.S. live next to a forest or live in a place where where there are monkeys? Um, you know, not many. But. <laughs> You know, symptometry or any of us can only do what we do. This kind of um, this kind of what you just said about they're making a virus, but it's not going to last. It sounds like the show we had on the flu, the uh, the flu shot, where every year the flu seems to be getting smarter and smarter. Is this? Well, I don't want to like, I I don't want to make it a direct scientific quote, but are you kind of could I almost interpret as what you're saying as the new virus that they're saying is coming out is going to be something like a new flu virus, like an amped-up flu virus? Yeah, yeah. ultimately this vaccine will not give a person lifetime immunity from Ebola. And mm. there's also a, a fairly high incidence, probably 5 to 10%, which is fairly high, of people who actually contract the disease from the vaccine itself or have major side effects because of how the vaccine is made. Uh, vaccines are made using aluminum as what's called an adjuvant. Aluminum stimulates the immune response. Anybody who's getting aluminum injected into their body will show, will show an immune response. And that's what's been used to define what's called efficacy 
in vaccine lingo, but efficacy is not the same as a term called effectiveness. Effect, if a vaccine is effective, it confers long-term immunity um, in a person. And there hasn't been the research that has shown any long-term effectiveness for any vaccine. Hmm. <laughs> exactly. You got to change your lifestyle, folks. You got to change your lifestyle. That's all I can tell you. Just change your lifestyle. Like, every, like even with, even how you think about, like, to me, Dr. No, uh, Dr. Weinick and Dr. Abbott, when I say change your lifestyle, I mean quit. Like when you to quit thinking that I can take some pills and have lifelong protection from anything, whether it's poverty or disease or a common cold or whatever. That's a change in lifestyle. You know, it's, it's starting with the mental. You know, start with the same way that you got here. Your brain started forming first and then the rest of the body. You got to change your mind first. And that's what we're doing on this show is giving you information to digest in the mind so it can start to come on down and just filter into the rest of the body. But, yes, Dr. Wynett makes an excellent, 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 superb, very clear um, point about how we have to do some major changes when it comes to our thinking and our lifestyle concerning uh, our health and wellness. Now, because I know he got a lot to say because I got a lot of alley-oop questions, um, I'm going to need um, Dr. Weinick and Dr. No Abbott for y'all to put on your asbestos suit. I have a lot of rocket fuel that I'll be pouring directly on the fire tonight, um, especially because the person who we're about to bring on is from the home continent of where people are saying, you know, oh, it must be an, it must be an African thing. So we're going to address every part of this tonight. We're going to address the scientific aspects of it, and we're even going to address the racial aspects of it or overtones or undertones of it. So it's going to be hot this evening, so you might want to take your shirt off, take your shoes off, and back away from the speakers a little bit because it's about to get flammatory up in here. Please put your hands together for our, my friend and yours. Some people call him Dr. N, Uncle N, Uncle Nardi, C. C. Joe N, Grandmaster. Uh, some of them just call him just plain old Dr. Nardi. He's a very humble spirit. I mean, I, I love him with everything I got. I love him like some nice French bread or some nice fresh pancakes with agave like I had for uh for breakfast today, I had pancakes with agave and um, sardine stew with grits. You know what I mean? I was just throwing down. I know Dr. Abbott's mouth is over there watering right now. Like, look at that boy go. But I love him just like I love eating good, healthy food. Y'all, please put y'all hands together for Dr. Maxwell. It's awesome, baby. Dr. Nardi, welcome to the show this evening. How you feeling? Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm doing good. I I I landed just a few um, hours ago, and I just drove, and I just got ready for your show. I heard that the show was going to be about Ebola, so I went to the shower quickly and got ready, and then I'm here. I'm doing fine. Okay. Okay. Appreciate that. Now, 
I hope this is not too short notice for you. I always, I'm just messing with Dr. Nardi when I say stuff like that. You are, you are ready to, you are ready to discuss it, aren't you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Good. 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 Um, I opened up the beginning of the show by reading what you wrote in 2011. Not last week, not last month, not the other day when the doctor arrived in um, in in Atlanta, but you wrote this back in 2011. Like this is something that you had already had your eyes on and had done extensive study and research in. Can you please tell me when Ebola first came on the radar for you and how long you've been studying it? And uh, what led you to even write this text back in 2011? Um, uh, Ebola, Ebola started striking um, Zaire, uh, which is now the De- Democratic Republic of the Congo. And don't forget that uh, I was born in, uh, uh, in Libreville, on the, on, the, on the sea next to Libreville, so my citizen, first citizenship was that of Gabonese. And there's a lot of equatorial forest um, that spans um, um, Gabon, um, Douala, Cameroon, uh, and all the Congos, the two Congos, and all the way down to Bujumbura. So uh, gor- there are a lot of gorillas over there. And there are a lot of pygmies, a lot of pygmies. And uh, what I noticed was Ebola was affecting uh, people in the rural areas, people close to the forest. But these were the people who were eating ice cream. These were people who were drinking sodas. In other words, uh, the they, 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 were, they were more civilized than those who stuck to their traditional diet. And then those who stuck to their traditional diet did not contract Ebola. It was those who were eating ice cream, chocolate, and drinking sodas, and on a few occasions drinking alcohol, who were contracting Ebola. So um, that was where I started say I started. Uh, making this my own project to find out why people in the Congo, people in Cameroon, uh, people in Gabon were not contracting Ebola, and a few, only a few were contracting Ebola. So that I made this my personal project, and then I found the answer. You see, uh, if blood if blood becomes too too alkaline because of the chocolate. You know, you, there's M&M everywhere now. You go everywhere in West Africa, there's M&M, there is, there is chocolate, you know, there's chocolate ice cream and all that. And then in, in, in Ghana uh, and in, in Cote d'Ivoire, formerly uh, Ivory Coast, uh, they pride themselves of being um, the largest cocoa-producing country in the world. In the world. Their cocoa that is cultivated is not the same as chocolate. The people have been misled to believe that uh, uh, cocoa uh, is chocolate. No. Cocoa, uh, chocolate is made from cocoa. But all the ingredients, all the chemicals 
and the preservatives that are added to make chocolate, uh, these have been uh, left out of um, the radar completely, completely. And, uh, and I said, no, the best thing is to go back and study deconstruct chocolate and know what is in chocolate, deconstruct ice cream and know what is in ice cream because there is something that the Ebola virus is looking for. Mm. There is something that the Ebola virus is looking for. Why is the Ebola virus so selective? It is very, very selective and it is targeting only people who are eating certain foods. Now, these doctors and these nurses who are contracting Ebola, after a hard day's work, when they go back to their quarters, when they go back to their hotel, what do they eat? What do they eat? You see, I was at a reception I mean, with, with uh, orthopedic, orthopedic surgeons, and what, what, what did they serve? What did they serve for dessert? Different flavors of ice cream. Mm. Different flavors. So, Dr. Nati, well, what about you? Are you all right? Oh, no, I'm, I'm fine. I've drunk some water. I'm full. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, I'm full. <laughs> and they were just going after this, after this flavor, that flavor, after that flavor. And that is all they were doing. Don't they know that there's a connection between the chemicals in the food you eat and the growth factors of viruses? Don't you know this? Well, as Dr. Wanek said, and Dr. Abbott also said, there are growth factors. We in symptometry, we study the growth factors, the root of the problem. The root of the problem. This is what I discovered, and then I said I have to do something about it, and this dates back to 2011. So was, was symptometry ahead of the world? Well, it's up to you to judge. But what I discovered, I said, let the world know about it. Those who want to read it, fine. Those who also don't, do not want to read it or are not prepared to read it now, well, let them take their time and read it later. That was what I did. So it is not an African thing. It is not, uh, it is not racist. No, it is just lack of knowledge. It is just lack of knowledge. And there is nobody who is ready um, to put this at the forefront so that the whole world should know about it. So I said, okay, let me go ahead and do it. And that's what I did. And that was as far as back as 2011. Thank you. Well, well, you know, the first question, before we even get into the science, is we're going to attack the myth right now. Some people have called me and said, well, you know, they, they made Ebola in the laboratory just like they made AIDS in the laboratory to kill Africans and black people for population control. That's what they said. I don't know whether you heard it or not, but I have some, uh, some people in some circles. They said it was created in a laboratory to kill black people and Africans just like AIDS was. Your when you hear when you hear that, what are your what are your feelings and your comments? Scientifically. Well, well, thank you. I don't have any feelings, and uh, all I'm going to say is Ebola 
is a virus that is that uh, that that comes out of spontaneous generation spontaneous generation and if you bury if you bury the carcasses dead animal remains if you bury the carcasses or you burn them you are not going to have any virus nothing none whatsoever but if you allow them to decompose if you allow flesh to decompose then what to be left you are going to create you are going to create a fertile ground for the sudden eruption of different viruses, RNA viruses or DNA viruses. This has nothing to do with the white man. The white man who is after us is killing us. That is not true. That is not true. I am not white. I am black, and I'm from originally from West Africa. Therefore, I am not saying anything to, to favor the white. All I'm saying is the scientific truth, and that's it. There is no myth to it. No one can see it as powerfully and as strongly as I do. I mm. said it, and that's it. <laughs> all right, all right. There we go. We done that now. That's what I'm talking about. Because I'm, that's you know, I ask you because I sometimes get tired of what I call mythological health care. Mythological health care, meaning that is health care run on myths. And it's a reason why people, well, I mean, people say, oh, well, I'm going, this is my reason for not changing my diet. This is my reason for not changing my, my, uh, my lifestyle so I can live in optimal health. This is my reason for not nurturing my cells. So I'm very glad to ask you and for you to answer as passionately as you did so we can dispel, so we can dispel some of these, this, this mythological mannerism of trying to, you know, live our lives without, you know, without real scientific research. Thank you very much. Um, I, all right. Um, I want to go through um, some of the little-known facts that you uh, wrote about in 2011, and in the in the second sentence, you you are you use the word growth factor again. You're always talking about growth factors, and viruses are looking for a home too. You probably would say, "Don't blame Ebola. God made Ebola looking for a home too." Can you talk about you know like talk about Ebola as if it was a person and a growth factor is an apartment building in a person's body. Can you talk about what Ebola is looking for to move in and to and to uh, and to become effective? Yeah. Um, don't don't forget that you know in Ghana, just like in many parts of Thailand and uh, many parts of Saigon and all that, um, people grow with peaks. You know, I mean, people people live with pigs, side by side with pigs, and the people raise chicken, people raise um, uh, turkey, you know, and uh, sheep, goats, and all that. And then what struck me was um, the sheep, the goats, the chickens, the cows, the pigs, the dogs, these are domesticated animals. Ebola does not touch them at all. <laughs> and the worst of the worst 
are the pigs. The pigs will feed on anything, everything, including even excrement. They will feed on anything. And Ebola leaves the pig alone. And the piglets alone. What is in humans, what is in humans that really makes them so attractive to Ebola? What is it? It was very easy to find out. The doctor in Zaire who died, the doctor in Zaire who died, what was his diet? You go back and study the person's diet. This, uh, he, this man was eating nuts. He was eating nuts. What, what is in nuts? Hydrocyanic acid. Mm. The virus needs hydrocyanic acid. The difference is, I did not study microbiology to the point where I would spend a whole year uh, you know, dissecting viruses and then know what their growth factors are and all that. I leave that to the full-time microbiology scientist. You know, uh, if, I, if, if somebody paid me for three years to be doing this and give me a good salary, I would be able to come up with a whole lot more. But, you know, I'm a symptometrist and a therapeutic scientist. I don't have too much time to spend in the, in the, in the lab to, to, to study only one thing. So the growth factors that I discovered are very simple. Soda, too much sugar, too much sugar. Alcohol, that depresses the immune system and allows streptococcus, allows streptococcus to control the whole human body and produce leukocytin, which is a, a, a toxin that kills white blood cells. And here you are without white blood cells. Here you are without white blood cells. What will your immune system be like? Secondly, no, sorry, thirdly, you have worms. And Ebola likes sanctuaries, hiding places. Mm. And it will, it will transform these hiding places into staging areas into staging areas. A staging area is where you stand, look at, when you, you know, look at the lions on the Serengeti. You know, they will, they will go, they will, they will, they will, they will climb a, a Termat hill, Termat mount, so that they will have a strategic view of the wildebeest and all that, that are passing, that, that, are, that are strutting, that are moving around. That is what is called staging area. So that you pick the areas, you pick the organs that would be that, that are the weakest. You pick the organs and the tissues that are leaking more amino acids, more vitamin C, more folates, and so on and so forth. So you convert a sanctuary into a staging area and you know exactly where to hit. So Ebola, when it takes over the body, it knows exactly where to hit so that it finishes you as quickly as possible. And the worst thing is if you have Giardia. Giardia is a, a protozoan disease 
that makes that causes diarrhea. You have that you had diarrhea before you had Ebola. Your death is guaranteed in less than one week. You are going. Whether you know God or not, you are going. Oh. That's how it is. So you have people in the villages who drink stream water, unboiled stream water, and then they contract Georgia. G for George, I for ink, A for apple, R for Robert, D for dog, I for igloo, A for apple. So all this makes the person very attractive to Ebola. Then I said pigs, pigs, okay? Pigs have a lot of lard, the worst of saturated fats. A lot of lard, L-A-R-D, B for dog. But Ebola leaves the pig. It leaves the pig. Why? This is one thing that the pigs don't do. Pigs don't chew nuts. Pigs don't chew nuts. <laughs> pigs don't feed on ice cream. Mm-hmm. Pigs don't feed on, they don't feed on chocolate. Pigs mm-hmm. don't feed on M&M's. Unless there are a few tourists who go to some, pig, to some villages and then start, giving, start feeding pigs M&M's and chocolate. We had, we had, a, we had an outbreak of Ebola among the monkeys in, uh, in Virginia. In, in 1992, why did these monkeys contract Ebola? Well, what, the, what people did not know was that they were giving them chocolate. The monkeys in the forest, the primates in the forest, are not fed chocolate. So now we talk about civilization. Well, welcome to civilization. The downside of civilization is we are, give, we are giving growth factors to Ebola. What are growth factors? God created viruses too. God created viruses too. They are looking for food. They are looking mm-hmm. for water. They are looking for sustenance. Where would they go? These are, these are, these are creatures that spend about three weeks to one month waiting for a free ride in the form of a wind or a breeze. And they got into a a, a human body. God being so good, they found food. This food is called, this food is called growth factors because we we reserve food for, 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 I mean, we reserve food for, for humans. You see, anything that is not a human is, it's, it's microbial, uh, they, they have growth factors. I coined the term growth factors because you cannot call it food, you cannot call it this. Then what can you call it? And this is what helps them to grow. This is what helps them to re- re- replicate, to multiply. That's how I coined the term growth factors and it was appropriate. So that's what I did. So we, that's the explanation about Ebola and growth factors. Thank you. Mm, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, the call-in number tonight is 347-205-9089. 347-205-9089. Uh, 
888-646-9089. If you want to call in, please call in. Press press 1. Give us your any comments, questions, or feedback that you may have thus far um, as we talk about what I feel is a very, you know, important uh, uh, topic, and especially talking about growth factors and how to look at all viruses. Dr. Wynant, you said early on that in your 20-plus years, you've never been to a workshop that talks about the growth factors of viruses. Were you saying something like that, Dr. Wynant? Yeah, that's correct. I, was, I, I never knew about how viruses, <clears throat> will, why they grow in the human body. That has a defense system, supposedly, um, to, to uh, prevent that from happening. It, it mm. never made sense to me, but now, but now I know. Now it makes sense. <laughs> okay. Well, now, and, and, and that's the thing. Now that symptometry is here, we are doing our best to shine light so we can come at it and not make, not make it seem so mysterious, you know, that it's the information is accessible to the public and there's nothing to that people should be running in some form of hysteria, just, you know, afraid and things like that. The more knowledge you have on a situation and the, know, and the more you know about what are the contributing factors, uh, i.e. growth factors that the virus is walking around here looking for, you won't be susceptible for that. Um, Dr. Nardi, you talk about cobalt, thiamine, and vitamin C. Cobalt, thiamine, and vitamin C in the tissue of doctors and nurses who treat Ebola victims. Uh, is that just, why did you say that the doctors and nurses need to have high levels of cobalt, thiamine, and vitamin C, and is it just the nurses and doctors, or should everybody, to me, I say, well, if it's good for a doctor, it's good for me. Should everybody have a high level of cobalt, thiamine, and vitamin C in their tissue? Yes, um, I uh Headquarters received um, 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 something, a formulation for people going to the 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 hot areas. I mean the um, the target, the Ebola target areas. Some going to Sierra Leone, uh, two going to Liberia, and then uh, no, and then we had one going to Guinea. So they needed uh, they needed a package from from symptometry. So uh, we we told you, they, they left the United States with their package. Uh, they had cobalt, they had thiamine, which is vitamin B1, and then we had uh, ascorbic acid, which is vitamin vitamin C. And uh, now the ratio had to be well done so that vitamin C, which is ascorbic acid, does not end up destroying tissue. You know, ascorbic acid is very, very it's very, very um, uh, caustic if it is not uh, if it is not uh, uh, done properly, if it is not formulated properly. Cobalt is very important because uh, that is what uh, the neurons, uh, the, sorry, the axon uh, uses to fire the neuro, neurotransmitter so that the dendrite 
receives the neurotransmitter as a signal. It's very, very important. If you are low in cobalt, uh, Ebola will know right away that you are vulnerable. So doctors, uh, nurses, and healthcare workers who handle Ebola must have a higher level of cobalt, thiamine, and, uh, and vitamin C in that, in that, in that ratio, you know. Uh, three, two, one, three, two, one, three, two, one. Cobalt, cobalt should always be, 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 be higher. You know, it should be at a higher level. That is how we put the package for them, and then they are, they are, they're gone. So it's about three weeks now. It's about three weeks now, and then that's what, that, that's what they are. Now we have Medicine Sans Frontier, you know, uh, doctors without, um, uh, without borders, you know. Um, we heard that they will be contacting us, but we've not had any any, any requests yet. You know, so that is uh, that is how we are dealing. Don't don't forget that the United Nations uh, staff are also traveling there, but the United Nations staff that are traveling there were the volunteers, the United Nations volunteers. Uh, they they also requested something from symptomatic headquarters. Wow, so. For people who maybe the general public hasn't heard of symptometry, but you're telling me that the United Nations has heard of symptometry. Yes, yes. You know, you know. I, I don't forget that when I when I was when I was in New York, you know, um, uh, Oxygen gave uh, so much publicity that uh, uh, um, they, they they know so much about what so what we do. So even though the General Assembly, with all the politicians and all that, are not aware. Uh, the, the technical, the, the technicians in the various committees, and uh, they know what symptomatic is capable of doing, uh, thanks to that exposure. Yes. All right. Um, I know I wanted, uh, is it all right if I share some of the information I received in, last, uh, in the last six-month course with the um, American School of Symptometry Health Certification course about where people can attain cobalt to keep their cobalt levels high. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you can get cobalt from eating certain fish, and these are wild in nature, not the farm-raised. Salmon, tuna, halibut, herring, flounder, perch, sardines, mackerel, and trout. Salmon, tuna, halibut, herring, flounder, perch, sardine, mackerel, and trout. All right? Those are some, some, some safe, consumable fish that you can eat to assist you in keeping your cobalt levels high. All right. Thank you, Dr. Nardi. Um, let me see here. Dr. Abbott, am I missing anything? You got any uh, rocket fuel you want to throw on here real quick? Well, you know, going back again to the to our, our point on growth factors and and how it's so overlooked and and really unfounded in the sense because I was at a uh, a seminar, you know, with PhDs and physicians and, and all types of healthcare practitioners on both sides. And and chocolate was being 
you know, basically propped up as a a food for longevity. I mean, <laughs> I mean, to actually say, okay, you should eat it, but even though it has some good properties, the acylic acid and the uh, high alkalinity, you know, it far outweighs it. And the thing is, is you know, to present information or to even ask a question about that and about other cycles uh, that the body uses to regulate itself, um, it's almost like we're standing there by ourselves. So for anyone who is listening and, and, and wants to know more information and learn more information, uh, the, the American School of Symptometry is a excellent place and a great source of information because the information that you'll be gaining will be the it'll be it, it'll be the first time you've ever been exposed to it. Now the thing, you know, most people think that chocolate, you know, old Swiss chocolate, all these different chocolates. I mean, you think about how large that industry is, and yet. There are people with certain diseases that are being that are consuming the things that's actually further causing their diseases to be, you know, to grow and to stay alive. And um, that is, you know, that's why I, I, I find that sitting in a great place in symptometry to be an information source for the world. Because as Dr. Weinig stated her, you know, from her experience, I can say from my experience, you know, this, to know about growth factors. You know, I I got a message from someone today, something they was dealing with, and they had gone to see their physician. And, you know, they just yesterday they ate three chocolate bars. <laughs> you know, and then, uh, you know, right away they ended up with a uh, challenging situation and you know they think oh well I can eat salad lose weight and you know I'll be healthy or I'm a vegetarian and I can be healthy and 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 a lot of this information that we get you can see it on the television shows and, and it'll be purported as oh this is a great thing to eat but not knowing the downside of nutrition and if you don't have the downside of nutrition right now, and if you're on this show or you happen to download it and listen to it later, let that be one of the first books that you get this week or in, in, or, or any, any book on health that you get your your next reading because the downside of nutrition is an eye-opener, and it will definitely start you on the right track. Because other than that, you know, it's just like um, what everyone else says about health. Oh, this is good. That is good. And that's not necessarily the case. Exactly. Don't just listen to the rumor mill or let let Google be your doctor. You know, you can find some things on you can find some things on Google, but some things you can't find on Google. So trust a real 
symptometrists or real scientists when it comes to getting authentic information. Um, you can obtain the books, uh, Downside of Nutrition, as, and what to consume on the website symptometrybooks.com. Symptometrybooks.com. You're just going to just scroll down. You're going to see the definition of symptometry, philosophy and concepts, a little bit about the founder, and then no disease is incurable. Then call, Then keep scrolling and you will see the uh, new book combos that we have available, Optimal Women's Health, along with the downside of nutrition and what to consume with Optimal Women's Health. And then there's the Ultimate Women's Health combo, as well as other specials that we have um, the books can be purchased individually as well as in combos. So I encourage everyone to please go over to symptometrybooks.com. Also, you can scroll down and catch all of our podcasts live, well, not live, but they're all of our books, I mean, all of our shows are recorded, and most of them are on that page if you want to go all the way back to, uh, to the first show. All right. Um, Dr. Weinick. Do you have any other, um, do you have any more rocket fuel? I may be leaving something out today because I got a lot of stuff going on. Do you have any rocket fuel you'd like to add to the conversation as well or a question you want to pose to Dr. Nardi about the Ebola virus that I may have missed? Well, I just want to add a comment to Dr. Abbott, what, what Dr. Abbott was saying about the good things in chocolate that everybody supposedly is, enticed by uh those things are called flavonoids and there's lots of talk about flavonoids we've got to have our flavonoids we've got to eat our flavonoids every day and work that has come out of the linus pauling institute which is a fairly well recognized uh, research institution in oregon and the european food safety commission which is independent body that reviews all sorts of health claims, label, uh, looks at labels and moderates or modulates labeling laws in, in Europe, have, have demonstrated that flavonoids are rapidly excreted in the stool of people consuming them. They don't have any, they don't have any specific work that's done in the human body. And if there are flavonoids that are circulating in the bloodstream, they're rapidly metabolized and excreted by the liver. So then the question is, wait, what is that? wait a second. If everything is coming out, if 95% of these flavonoids are coming out in the stool, uh, what good are they doing here? <laughs> the subtlety is, and, and now we get into a discussion about energy, chemical bonds in flavonoids have energy. And what is being extracted from the flavonoids is energy, if a person has an enzyme surplus. But all chemical bonds have energy, and get your energy from somewhere else, not from the flavonoids that are coming with all sorts of health disruptors. Um, I could probably ask 95 doctors who are lining up at these meetings, because I've been there too, to eat their dark chocolate um, 
uh, Hershey's, the, the Hershey's little dark chocolate pieces with the walnuts and the pecans and the coconut and all those things. And to ask them how chocolate is actually made, that chocolate ends up in their in their stomach, they, they wouldn't know. Chocolate starts out very acidic. It, it, it's a, it grows um, in a pod. It's very acidic, so it has to be fermented. Um, it's still acidic, and it has to be alkalinized because it, when it's acidic, it's very bitter, and it has to be alkalinized with the ammonium chloride and then roasted to take even more of the bitterness out. So if one follows the steps and just asks more questions about how these products are actually made and then get to the end, like, wait a second, I'm taking a food that's extremely bitter, and if we look at natural law, and natural history, bitter foods are taste, bitter substances, not just foods, but things that are very bitter are tasted in very small amounts at the back of the tongue. Bitter foods are poisons. They're, they're, they're sent to the back of the tongue because there will be a gag reflex that's initiated to spit it out before it goes down into the stomach. Wow. So we've taken a poison and through all this chemical process, turn it into a food that's supposedly serving ourselves. I mean, uh, it's a little bit suspect. So that's just that's just something to ponder and think about. Can you give me the name of that? Um, you said it was a European research organization. The, the European Food Safety Commission. European Food Safety Commission and the Lyme's Calling Institute. Okay, because you know I'm over here typing away on um, on on Google. So ever since I've started doing the shows where we're doing them on Blog Talk and doing them on doing them on YouTube at the same time, I can share my screen. And so I'm just typing it in so people will be able to reference that. So you can type in flavonoids and... And uh, European Food Safety Commission. Yes. And there's, yes. A whole, there's a whole, I don't know, somewhere 95 to 100 page report that they've made on the health claims of flavonoids in foods. And, and effectively they're baseless. I mean, bottom line is they're, they're baseless claims. Baseless claims. So now, doctor, this is a this is an this is an exhibit of Dr. Uh, Weinick's um, psychic abilities. Because I was about to ask you, the, uh, the site I just found it says world's healthiest foods flavonoids, and then it says what can high flavonoid foods do for you, and then it says what events can indicate needs for more high flavonoid foods, right. and then it says source of flavonoid foods. And as I read them, I know that none of these, I'm going to ask Dr. Nard. Well, no, I'm going to just ask Dr. Weinick. I'm going to ask all of you who are on the phone tonight as food scientists and therapeutic scientists and symptometrists, do you eat apples, apricots, blueberries, pears, raspberries, strawberries, <laughs> black beans, cabbage, Onions, parsley, pinto beans, and tomatoes. 
Which one of these is in your regular diet, Dr. Abbott, Dr. Nardi, and Dr. Wynick? I eat onions, and I eat, um, well, that's it. <laughs> of all those you mentioned, I eat onions that have been cooked. Okay, Dr. Nardi. And and Dr. I, use, I do use parsley. I use parsley um, not as a therapeutic beverage, but I do flavor food um, as I'm cooking it with parsley. Okay, okay. Dr. Nardi and Dr. Abbott, did you hear anything on there that's in your cupboard or your refrigerator? Um, parsley, parsley, yes, um, but only as a therapeutic drink. Um, uh, cooked onion, yes. Uh, pinto beans, the last time I ate pinto beans, uh, even though it is recommended, but uh, the last time I ate pinto beans was about, was about six months ago. So um, I eat my, my small navy beans, and, and, and that's it as far as the legumes are concerned. And uh, that's it. That's it. So everything that they mention over there, um, the health disruptors outweigh uh, the nutrients and even flavonoids, as Dr. Wanek rightly pointed, when I studied flavonoids, I'd, the main reason when we were studying uh, nutrition, I mean, they kept uh, hammering on flavonoids, 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 <laughs> and uh, the main advantage of flavonoids, according to my professor at that time, was that it is good uh, because it enhances the elasticity of the blood vessels. And by enhancing the elasticity, um, the, a, a person will not suffer a stroke, and a person will not have an aneurysm, and all that. Well, if that is the case, then who, uh, how do you how do you um, um, juxtapose, juxtapose this with um, uh, uh, lipid peroxide? And uh, does it mean that a person can also eat? Uh, uh, food that was cooked in lard or food that was um, uh, cooked in saturated fat and then eat nuts and then all they have to do is just um, eat one of these foods that has flavonoids and then there will be elasticity in their, in their blood vessels. Well, <laughs> it looks like my question did not fall on, on, on a sympathetic ear. So the kind of stare I got uh, made me shut up right away and I knew that uh, that was not the place for me to ask such a question. Wow. So basically, that 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 is the situation. Flavonoids, um, the, uh, as the as the the European Food Safety Commission pointed out, um, the benefits the benefits have not been verified. The benefits have not been verified. I like to to experiment a lot, and if flavonoid is good, fine. Let me eat something, and then let me see if the flavonoids is going to reverse it. But at the same time, I have a reversal technique waiting in case the flavonoids fail. And so far, I have not seen any benefit to flavonoids. Thank you. Phew. Boy. All right, Dr. Abbott, do you have any of these foods on your cupboard? Well, uh, I, I have the uh, parsley um, and... You know, of course, the cooked onions. Uh, you know, occasionally, you know, maybe the uh, pinto beans, if I'm somewhere, there's pinto beans. But uh, for the most part, I I, 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 I lost uh, 
you know, I, I, you were just going through so many that I didn't consume that when you got to the end of the list, that's when you started saying, you know, the ugliest and the others. I was like, well, that's just a, a foregone conclusion that I don't use them except for, the, you know, the few exceptions there. Um, it's just not beneficial and it creates more problems uh, than not. I mean, even even the cabbage, uh that that also creates, you know, a problem with the indoles and and the and the type of uh, chemical reactions that happens that happens in the person's um, blood vessels. Well, once again, once again, ladies and gentlemen, Coach uh, uh, is, is was is grapes mentioned because grapes is claimed uh, the, the, the the claim is that it's very very high in flavonoids. Is grapes mentioned there? They didn't even mention the grapes, but but they now didn't do you mention grapes? Oh man! They didn't even mention grapes, <laughs> Doctor Doctor Nardi didn't even mention grapes at all. And and like you said, what what can high flavonoid foods do for you? The four things they said is help protect blood vessels from rupture. Ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> enhance the. They said enhance the power of your vitamin C, which sounds like an oxymoron. How can you enhance the power of your vitamin C? And then they said, protect your cells from oxygen damage. And then it says, prevent excessive inflammation throughout your body. Well, uh, it, it is cortisol that prevents that. Not, uh, well, <laughs> well, it's okay. They have to do their best. I understand. Right. And, 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 and we don't want to, as, as, as Dr. Weinick said, it's baseless. B A S T L E S S, baseless. So because you found it on the internet and it's got a lot of references down at the bottom and bottom of the page, you can, you can't ask any of these people's questions. And this and they're using references from 1977, 1988, 1994, 1992, 1986. They have no references in the last 14. Well, 2003 is the newest is the newest uh, is the newest reference that they have on the entire list. Everything else is. 2002-1993 all the way back to 1997. So, as you know, technology and discoveries are made each and every day. That's why symptometry is on the cutting edge of healthcare and was, as I say, wise words being spoken. Wisdom, wisdom, this is wisdom healing that we're using here because it's very tangible and um one thing that Dr. Nardi, I think he still stands by this. Um, he is all he is all, he is more than willing to hit you with a mountain of facts. Is that correct, Dr. Nardi? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> a mountain of facts. Okay, so I'm gonna open up the lines. We don't have no callers. I'm gonna let I'm, I'm gonna let my esteemed guest go tonight. The calling number is three four seven two zero five. Nine zero eight nine three four seven two zero five nine zero eight nine. If you have any questions about Ebola, its origins, or anything that you may not know, or if you read some kind of rumor on YouTube or the internet that I haven't gotten to, then you know you and, and you want to have a question on it, just call in and press one. I, um, my last my last question while I'm waiting to see if anybody is going to call in tonight is, Doctor Nardi. 
Um, let's say someone comes in with the symptoms of Ebola and, or, or they know someone and they call a symptometrist. Um, Ebola is a very serious condition and, um, and disease and life-threatening, correct? It's nothing to play that's with, correct. right? Yes, 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 that's correct. That's correct. That's correct. And, and don't, 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 don't play with, don't be, don't be, don't be, don't be around a person's wastes and urine and, uh, and stool and all that. Don't be around that. No. Um, and why does, why does Ebola move so fast? Because to me, the speed at which it moves in, you know, in taking a person's life is the number one thing that scares people, how fast it moves. It's been in movies about, you know, it, it moves so fast, you can't get out there in front of it. Why does it, why does it move so fast, you know, this Ebola virus? It moves very fast because it moves very fast because it is the most neglected virus. It is the most neglected. Now, you know the word virus comes from the Latin word virulentus. Virulentus. Virus V I V I R. Virulentus. U S at the end of lentus were put together, were joined together in order to produce the word virus. And what is virulentus in Latin? It's poison. A virus releases nothing but poison. It has, there is nothing good that a virus does. Bacteria, we have good bacteria, we have bad bacteria. But there is no such thing as good virus and bad virus. Every virus is bad and because it is poisonous. Ebola has 10 times more, more is 10 times more poisonous than herpes. So it Whoa. moves very fast. It moves very fast. Why? Because it has to move very fast. The amount of poison it has, it has to release it and feed. It, is, it only releases the poison when it feeds itself. If it does not feed itself, it will choke and die. No one wants to die. No one wants to die. So that's why you have to look for a food source. How long was Ebola waiting before it caught a ride to a human body? How long? Two years, three years. And now it has the opportunity. Why wait? Why wait? This is why Ebola is so aggressive and is so destructive. If you are attacked by Ebola, the first thing you do is look for streptococcus. Get a particular for streptococcus. Two, remove the worms, the pin worms, the tail worms, the flat worms, the round worms. Remove them quickly so that Ebola stops having a sanctuary in your body. If you have a tapeworm, oh my God, that that that's a that 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 would be an ocean liner for Ebola. Mm. The best thing is just prevent it completely. You know. Or if you have it, make sure that it go, I mean you, you get rid of it because you will be among the earliest casualties, the earliest if you have the tapeworm. So it is this technical know-how that will enable a symptometrist to deal with every case of Ebola that presents itself. 
doctor, I'm 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 looking at an article from August the first of 2014, and it says the World Health Organization warned that the outbreak of the Ebola virus that has killed more than 700 people in West Africa was spinning out of control as the disease spread outpaced efforts to contain it. Why can't the World Health Organization contain it? They have a much larger budget than symptometry does. Why can't that's they contain correct. it? That's correct. That's why I said, that's why I said technical know-how. The knowledge that we have here in symptometry, they don't have it. They mm. don't have it. If they had it, if they had it, they would have done things differently. But look at them. They are targeting the virus. They are not targeting the growth factor of the virus. You wow. see, if, if a pile of garbage is sitting at the street corner for three weeks, you, start, you have blue flies, yellow flies, green flies, and worms, and so on and so forth. So what will you do in symptometry? We will say, remove the pile of garbage from there, and all the flies will disappear. They, don't, they will not remove the pile of garbage. They are going to buy uh, insecticide for blue flies, insecticide for green flies, insecticide for orange flies, red flies, and then the following week, more red flies are back, and so on and so forth. <laughs> Woo! Uh, I'm going to say this because this is my show. This is uh, the express opinion of the executive producers of Coach Kyrie Radio and, and Original Native Radio and are not the opinions of symptometry or anyone officially associated with that. I just want to say that before I say what I'm going to say. It sounds like me, they're working ass backwards. That's my opinion as the host of the show. They're working ass backwards. To me, that's what that sounds like. But, you know, you heard it here first. World Health Organization, stop treating flies and move the doo-doo. Move the trash. Go after the growth factors. Stop, stop scaring people talking about it's moving faster than our efforts to control it. Let me, let, let me as a history professor come in and uh, rewrite your sentence for you correctly. And I know Dr. Weinick is just, she's noticing closely when I word things. She's going to make sure he words this correctly. The sentence should read, this outbreak is moving faster than our technological efforts can move to control it. Maybe, uh, did I get that right, Dr. Weinick? Did, did, uh, did I phrase that correctly? Dr. Weinick? Okay. Well, we'll go. Oh, okay. Okay. She one may thing have. I did. Go ahead, Doctor. Yeah, go ahead. I do want. I do want to, um, you know, follow what uh, Doctor Nardi said in regards to when he was, you know, at his uh, at 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 the uh, scientific uh, presentation conference, how they were eating ice cream and they tried tried different different flavors and different varieties of it. And the same thing can be applied. For the most part, you know, people will say, oh, these blueberries are good for me. Okay, it's because it came from Mother Nature. It must, it's natural. It must be good. But we have science now, so 
even though an individual may be 25, 30, 40, and they have this diet that keeps them trim or, you know, but not recognizing the health disruptors in them. So if a person isn't producing the neurotransmitters, the proper brain essentials that are going to allow a person to become creative in the field of health, who can't possibly come up with the the creativity and, 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 and the concepts that symptometry is coming up with because of the, the lifestyle that the scientists lead. You know, it's alcohol, ice cream, it's it's whatever. So that's why eating scientifically is the best route to take. And I know it's difficult for some people because they have a certain way that they want to live and think is spiritual or elevated, you know, that they're elevating. And I'm still trying to figure out what that means because I hear it and heard it from many, many times, you know. But to me it's like, okay, what are we creating? What what new way of eating have, you know, has someone come up with that is going to say, all right, this right here is is keeping you away from, taking in certain chemicals can be harmful or or that are growth factors for genetic susceptibilities that you have in your body that you may not even know about, that you really don't know about. Mm. You see, so so that's where that's where I am as far as take the information and use it. And if it if it works for you Fine, but don't but don't make it the okay. I'm following my spirit. I'm following, you know. This is how I'm eating because this is what my spirit told me. And we all know that there there are a lot of faulty things going on. I mean, all we have to do is look at the senseless killings that are happening and that have been happening, but especially the ones that are making the, the airways today. Why? Because someone is not thinking correctly. They they probably have too many foods high in potassium, alcohol, it's no telling what, what their lifestyle is that actually sends them into an extreme form of behavior. Hmm. Hmm. Boy. I I hear that all the time. That's that's that one's a big one right there. Saying my spirit led me to do this. Ah, uh, that's a that's a whole. I don't even know what to title that. My spirit that's led. Me. Show. That's a whole nother show. Like and see, that's really some old barn burner rocket fuel right there. Like, I mean, I know you're trying to get me to step on some toes and some necks, but I'm gonna have th- I'm gonna have to I'm, I'm gonna have to sleep on that one and go go do a little go do a little work on that one. Um, I thought I saw somebody raise your hand. Please press one. I think it may have been the eight four three. Somebody had a, had a question or a hand uh, hand raise. Just press one, and we'll bring you on before we get out of here tonight. But uh, Dr. Abbott, you make a a very valid point. Dr. Nardi or or Dr. Wynick, have you ever had 
someone come to you and their justification for eating something was my spirit led me to eat this or I know what's right for my body. Have you ever, I, have, have either one of you experienced that in, um, in your years of practice and treating people? Uh, people don't use those exact words, but uh, they'll they'll term things like this. Just it just tastes good or it feels good when I eat it. But but beyond that, it's there's not any sense of direction as to how food really is affecting them. Um, I've also I have had people say, "Well, God wouldn't have put anything on this earth that isn't good for me." Oh my goodness, that's a fairly oh common thing. Did you tell them? Did you did, did you did you quickly suggest poison ivy to them as a salad? Did you quickly? <laughs> you know. I haven't I haven't thought about, it, but that's a good that's a good uh, good comeback. Just I mean, quickly too, you know, just say just a no, thank you, and tell them to keep it for themselves. Dr. Abbott, have you? Uh, I mean, Dr. Uh, Nardi, how about you? Have you heard? Have, have 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 you heard that explanation before? Yes, but unfortunately, um, the one who who felt very strongly, you remember, I told you about um, the raw food, the raw foodies who uh, suffered from uh, who had uh, um, um, chronic hemorrhaging from the bowel. You know, I, I told him to. To change his diet, and he refused, and he left this world in a terrible, in a, in a terribly. You know, uh, he was the one who, he was the first person who told me that well, uh, God put everything here to feed us. That's what he told me. God put everything here to feed us. So honestly, I was so angry with him that I snapped. And. Uh, uh, usually I don't do that, but sometimes people push me to the, I mean, to the edge, you know. And uh, the only way for me to to react is to, to 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 make them reason a little bit. <laughs> I said, I said, have you ever? Where, where do you live? And he told me, live in Florida. And I said, okay, fine. Okay, why? Okay, between one city and the next, is there? Do you see? Do do you drive by? by scrub, uh, bushes, and uh, forests, or something like that, where there is an overgrowth of um, all these uh, plants. And then he said, oh, yeah, yes, yes. Okay. Why don't you pull over, get out of your car, <laughs> and go and cut a few leaves from all these, all these green, all these, all these leaves that are there, all these uh, plants that are there, and go home and cook that. For for your meal, for your for your for your lunch or for your dinner. Oh no, I can't eat that. No, why can't you? What you said, I mean, a moment ago, is it not contradictory? Didn't you say that God put everything here to feed us? Why don't you go and cut that grass over there and go and boil it and and and, and eat it? <laughs> then this man was quiet. This is how I make people reason. But unfortunately, it was too late for him. You know, that's it. Wow. Wow. 
All right. Y'all come at Dr. Naughty with that with that science. He gonna you know, he got he's a little he's a little more gentle learn his technique to uh you know, to try to be try to be a little more cordial. Sometimes I snap myself. I had in the past um an incident or snap myself. I I'm working with Dr. Weinick. You know, I I know when you see me, I'm all cool, calm, and collective and jovial. But every now and I mean, not every now, but there have been incidents in the past that um, I have had some experiences where I need to work on to try to curtail, <laughs> try, try to curtail some of my. Uh, I'm just gonna say it like that. I hope I use the right words. What did you say the words were that um, when you in the UN, Doctor Nardi, and you are translating, and you don't want to tell somebody that somebody said something about their mama, you have to use what kind of words? <laughs> no, we, we, had this, we had this habit of softening the blow. We, you know, we, you know, we soften the blow. You know, you don't use yeah. the exact words because, you know, there's too much tension in the world already. <laughs> and we, we, just, we just use a, a good synonym that will help to soften the blow. That is normally <laughs> what we have been doing. Okay, that's it. I I'm doing better at using synonyms to soften the uh the edge off of what I have to say. But if you catch me and I'm real passionate now and I'm not in public, you know, hey, just things happen. So I'm doing my best right now. I think I did a good job tonight. Everybody did a good job tonight. Dr. Nardi softened all his blows. Dr. Wynick, she came across. Dr. Wynick comes pretty hard though. She don't I don't know what she's trying to soften her. She she kind of be kind of up in your – Dr. Weiner, you know you be up in people's faces sometimes. You you, you say it kind of point blank. Now, I'm just that's, – that's, uh, I know. That's, 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 I love it. I, I don't recommend or, or hope that you ever change that for, for, for me. And if you do, I'm going to pull you to the side and say, are you all right? You feeling all right? You, you okay? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I love that about you and how you – as we say in the streets, Dr. Weiner keeps it 100 she keeps it 100. I mean, she's got 100% off. She, don't, she left her filter in the car. I think it's in her glove compartment. She didn't bring the filter out when she came in with her. All right. Most of the time, but it's not always. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Well, you do a great job. You do a great job on the show. You do a great job. So I'm sure it's times, you know what I'm saying, but I'm not around you all the time. So, And we don't want anybody calling in to say, oh, I can remember... Back when she was 25, she was, uh, you know, two years ago. She didn't have the filter. Okay, so tonight we have had an awesome show. Nobody called in because I guess they were, like, taking a lot of notes. I want to appreciate everybody that called in from the 215 area code, 770-347-570-224. I see everybody from all over the United States, all over the world. I do see somebody from a... Neptune and a Pluto area code. So thank you for calling in um, galactically to tune into the show tonight. Thank you for your contributions down here on the Little Earth um, because we definitely don't know everything with our three-digit IQs. Um, tonight's show has been brought to you by Symptometry.com, SymptometryBooks.com, uh, SymptometryOfNorthCarolina.org, and the American School of Symptometry dot org coach k astrology dot info if you are looking for some resolve in the stars and you want to um you want me to take it from 
high level down to eye level for you, um, please go fill out the um, information form on Coach K Astrology. I do, do have a testimonial before we go on symptometry today. I'm going to start doing testimonials at the end of the show. If you have one, you should press one and share. But recently, I haven't told Dr. Weinick, but Dr. Abbott and Dr. Nardi have had plenty laughs off of what I'm about to say, Dr. Uh, Weinick. So you see he's giggling already. So Coach Kyer, because I believe in being transparent, I was what Dr. Nardi called, I was breaking some rules recently. Maybe over the past three months, I call it small-time cheating, which is like you could translate that in little white lies in your diet. So I'm not supposed to be eating chocolate, and I'm not supposed to be eating, you know, uh, things with uh, uh, high contents of sugar in them, and I'm definitely not supposed to be drinking no lemonade and things like that. And I don't do this all the time, but sometimes I, I drink so much water and so much pineapple juice my cells be like, come on, man, just just a little bit. Come on, how about this little bit of sweet tea with a little bit of um, lemonade mix, man? We used to drink this all the time growing up. Now mm -hmm. I have a I have an exposed nerve um, in in my uh, last molar on the top in the back because I have a partial cav I have a cavity that fell out and part of the tooth has fell out and I have not had it removed yet. So I've been working with Dr. Nardi for probably about nine months nine months on toothaches just to make sure this toothache stays in place but i am not allowed to cheat or break the rules now you following me dr wine you following me uh-huh i got you so far and uh <laughs> i have been you know because you go to somebody's house because i'm just being real you go to somebody's house and they offer you something and you're not there often you might be there just like once a week or once a month and they say do you want a cup of coffee? And I say, oh, man, my enzymes are so high. When I get home, I'm, you know, I'm going I'm to eat me some more pineapples, and I'm going to do my A116B this week and all that. And I say, yeah. But after about, you know, my cells, my cells look at all of this as, and they say, oh, three months, four cups of coffee. Three months, uh, six chocolate chip cookies. Oh, uh, three months, you made one trip to the melting pot and had a binge on um, decadence. We, we call it a, and I knew I was dead wrong for that now. I had a decadence binge at the melting pot. And the melting pot, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to tell you, as good as it tastes, <clears throat> it is not in your best interest. I'm trying to tell you, especially with tonight's show being on Ebola, do not go into the melting pot and get you a Sprite and just go in on all the chocolate and tomatoes, and strawberries, and cauliflower. They didn't even have no broccoli in there. They didn't even have no raw broccoli. Okay, so um, my cells started to send me signals last week coming through my knee. They came through my knee, which are bones, right? And then on Sunday, they just decided to outright retaliate after I had a gyro. I think it was Saturday or Sunday, but they just <laughs> retaliated, Dr. Weinick. I mean, and they gave me the excruciating pain that I haven't felt probably since 1982 when I ran into a barbed wire fence on a motorcycle. In 1990, mm -hmm. 1992, I dislocated my left shoulder, and the pain, I just thought, 
I just wanted Jesus to come right then, right then. I couldn't wait for the Bible or nothing. I needed it to happen right away. And this pain came in my tooth. I've never been pregnant or had a baby or nothing, but this has got to be the closest thing to a long-term pain. And it went from my tooth to my upper jaw to my lower jaw to my eardrum to a throb in my head that was worse than any headache I've ever had. And Dr. Abbott, bless his soul, talked me down off the ledge about 14 times because I blew his phone up. And I was just like, help me, help me, help me, help me. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I drank so much white tea, and I took, I had a toothache particulate, and I was just taking uh, my T-cells particulate, and I was doing everything, and it would not go away. And then in like the 15th hour, because I laid in the bed from like 1 o'clock in the morning to 8 o'clock with no sleep whatsoever, just pain, pain, hallucinations. I was was having hallucinations very bad. And it said, remember your sinus particulate that Dr. Nardi said is a broad-based particulate? I said, oh, my God. And I jumped out of bed slowly, even though I said jumped. I crawled out of bed and slowly went to my stash, and I took the sinus particulate and one and two, and in about 15 minutes, I fell asleep. And when Mm -hmm. I woke up, when I woke up, all of the pain was gone. I went from like a, on a scale of one to 10, I went from a 14 down to like a two and a half or a three. And... I just was, that's just, that's just my confession. That's my testimony. And do not cheat, ladies and gentlemen. Don't break the rules. Don't do it. And Coach Kyrie is here to tell you and just be honest. I did it. And, um, you know, so Dr. Weinig, if you want to go ahead and get your chuckle on too, like Dr. Nardi and Dr. Abbott did, it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. So I feel good. I'm very transparent. I'm honest with what happened this weekend. But I promise you on everything I love and on my tooth, that's not happening again. Because your cells, Dr. Nardi said one thing. He said, when this happens, I will not be there for you, and it will be you and your cells alone. And my cells got my attention fully, 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 fully. Woo! Just to think about it right now, it makes me almost go back into that same cold sweat that I was in. So, everybody, Dr. Weinick, do you want to you want to hold my hand and pat me on my hand and say it'll be okay? Or what are your what's your feedback on my testimonial tonight? Well, I think you've learned your lesson, and I think it's I think it's that as a person gets more and more clear, or I should say, as the cells become more and more clear, they yeah. get more and more demanding in what they want, and and. And and that's just the way it is. Yeah, and 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 the word vocal. I think they get more vocal too, because I could hear them. They were having like a congregation meeting. It was like a symphony <laughs> orchestra. The way they were talking out loud and they were voicing their objections to what I was uh, participating in. So I don't want to hear that song or that radio station anymore because it had the totally wrong vibration for me. So that's me. All right. Um, Please, everyone, if you need to get in contact with the symptometrist, you can contact Dr. Nardi at headquarters, 708-691-4977.
need to get in contact with Dr. Abbott, 336-456-9183. Um, you can also contact him at the American School of Symptometry.org, which a new session is about to start, right? A new six-month course is about to start, Dr. Abbott? Well, we already started, but they can still uh, call and we can work it out with them they're interested, but uh, we're, 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 we're chugging along already. All but, right. Um, yep, that's no problem. All right. Yep. And um, Dr. Elizabeth Wynick, you can get in contact with her. I'm trying to remember the phone number. It's 336. Save me. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. I know the last. Yeah. Is, is, five, is it 549 1020? Five four five ten twenty. Five four five ten twenty. Three three six five four five ten twenty for Dr. Elizabeth Weinick. If you want to get in contact with Coach Kair, you can hit me up at nine one nine three seven five W E L L W E L L for wellness. I appreciate everybody who came out tonight. Thank you, Dr. Narding. Thank you, Dr. Abbott, and thank you, Dr. Weinick, and thank you everyone who came out to listen. Yeah. Thank you. 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 Thank you.